Greetings only Tans. Today is Sunday, September 18th, and I just finished recording with Joey Bats4, aka Ballers8012. He's someone who has put out some long analytical deep dives about the NBA Top Shot Marketplace, about the Dapper Wallet, about money velocity, and he covers these ideas during our chat. He also talks about the ideas of just collecting in general. I thought it was pretty dif- different and pretty interesting in its own right. So the tone of the chat is definitely different than you might be used to. He's clearly a stan and clearly not a simp, as we like to say. But I think we need to welcome all viewpoints to the show. And I'm curious what you all think of them. So recall that nothing that you hear on this podcast should be considered financial advice, and let's jump right into it. Hello, everybody. How are you? I hope your weekend is wonderful. I hope you're enjoying the NFL. I saw the Jets just recovered an onside kick. So if you're into that, I hope you're enjoying it. Listen, today we have a really uh, important guest. We have someone joining us all the way from Thailand, Joey Batsfor. You may have seen his threads in the past where he analyzes the market and the market, the, what is it, the money velocity. I'm sure he'll cover some of these things when we bring him on in a second. Um, but hello to those of you who are here uh, before we bring in Joey, I just thought it would be important to briefly touch on the Run It Backpacks, um, just to get my thoughts out there real quick, because we're not really going to be talking about Run It Backpacks too much with Joey. So here's the way I feel about the Run It Backpacks. Big picture is that this is a victory for NBA Top Shot. Big picture. The comms is good. The art is good. The fact that they're able to get all these players on board is good. This is all really good. And if you're not concerned about things like supply and the value of your the bags that you're holding, then there's nothing to worry about here. However, if you are concerned about things like that, well, that, that's where the critical thinking begins. Um, if you look at the player list for, let's say, the archive set, for example, um, there are some players that have to be Googled to know who they are, at least for me. And I imagine for many other fans who are currently on NBA Top Shot. Now, um, that's just one of these things where if you're concerned about supply, that might be a little bit worrying. And again, you you fall into either one of two camps. If you're just going to go snipe a few moments that you enjoy, go for it. And if if you want to celebrate the fact that we're going to have Hakeem Olajuwon, Karl Malone, and a Larry Bird, Challenge Award, etc., well, then you can celebrate that as well. So to me, two, two separate camps there. But for those of us that are concerned about supply, concerned about the market, you know, it's a, it's a very, there's a very much a duality of emotion happening, I would say. Anyway, that's the way I feel about that. Um, and real quickly, I also just wanted to show you once I started looking at some of these moments, a moment that I thought we had to show you because I thought there's a little Easter egg that kind of aligned with Tandy time a little bit. I just wanted to show that to you. It's this Carl Malone moment. So if you look very carefully, and we just got the beginning of the moment. So just give us a second here. But look, oh, is it is it slow for you guys? Oh, hold on. This maybe this isn't even gonna work. Hold on. Hopefully you guys can see this. I don't know. Joey, are you back there? Can you see this? 
thumbs up if you can see it. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, well, the, the, this whole bit just got destroyed. But the big, the big idea here is that uh, Carl Malone, at the end of the moment, he goes to slap someone's hand, and he like it's awkward. He like gets the top of his hand, and then there's a little bit of this. So I thought before we bring in Joey, let's just bring back our favorite lost handshake. So anyway, that that is the Carl Malone moment at the end of the moment. Go check it out for yourself. It wasn't really working very well on my end. Um, but without further ado, I don't want to keep Joey waiting too much longer. It is 4 o'clock in the morning in Thailand where he's calling in from. So I looked for a clip that I had in the library that would make sense for Joey. I'm going to play that and bring him in. Figure it out. All right, so that is the video dedicated to one Joey Betts who, who spends his time writing very long Twitter threads and trying to figure out the NBA Top Shot market and how it works and what are the threats to the health of it and how to make things go well with it. So thank you, Joey, for joining us from Thailand. How are you feeling right now at 4 o'clock in the morning? I'm pretty, pretty tired, Tandy. Um, but it's it's only uh, it's only three uh, ten here, so it's it's not okay. as bad as it as bad as it seems. Um, but yeah, no, I've had I've had a coffee. I've had um, this uh, triple espresso from Seven uh, Eleven, which um, is uh, I think safe to drink. Um, and I've had a second triple espresso from Seven Eleven, which I think makes it a sextuple. Espresso, which which might not be safe to drink, but so you uh, feel your heart pounding out of your chest right now. I'd imagine it's a strange feeling. Um, it's a strange feeling, but uh, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. Um, so hopefully, yeah. Sure, sure. So first of all, Joey, um, I think you were also commenting on this thread, and I saw that somebody was asking in the chat here. Top shot, hot shot. Um, there was a thread right now that's that's got quite a bit of activity on it about the idea of trade tickets. Um, and MBL was talking about it, how he doesn't really like the way that trade tickets work to be using trade tickets as currency. And, and Top Shot Hot Shot was asking for my opinions about this. I was curious, though, also for your opinions on this, which was, you know, he, he sees a problem with gamification of moments. Um, on one hand, I do see that argument because if we're going to compare things to like physical cardboard, you know, there's no utility there. You collect things because you collect them and they're scarce and they're, you know, wonderful in your opinion. On the other hand, I just think that this is something completely different and it's, you just can't compare the two things because this is a digital collectible. It, it opens up opportunities for you to get experiences that you couldn't otherwise purchase, which I think is the sweet spot of NBA Top Shot or where it should be. Um, anyway, long story short, trade tickets, is there is there a world where we wouldn't be using trade tickets and that would be good for the platform? How do we get here with trade tickets? Um, okay, well, uh, let's. There, there's a few things to unpack here. So the the question is um, uh, gamification. Let's let's start with gamification first. Um, okay. So if you are the owner of uh, existing moments, expensive moments like like NBA like MBL is or you know. Uh, you don't want gamification. Um, 
utility is something that gets diluted over time. Um, you know, look at say flash challenges, for example, uh, as more moments come out, the probability of your moment being used for a flash challenge uh, decreases and the number of eligible moments, um, even if your moment does qualify, that will increase. So like the utility decreases over time. Mm -hmm. But from a, a, like a greater perspective, should Top Shot just be, should Top Shot just be, uh, you can see how sweaty I am, I don't know. Should, uh, <laughs> should uh, Top Shot just be a collectible? Or should there be utility? And like, I've seen the argument that goes, it can be both. You know, a collectible plus utility is better than just a collectible. You know, one plus something positive. You know, but I don't think that's the case. Um, you've got to take a step back and think about what a Top Shot is, right? It's not a video clip. I mean, it is ostensibly a video clip, but people don't pay lots of money for a video clip. If you want to watch a video clip, you can do that for free with commentary. Uh, you can watch a whole game for free. You can see what happens before and after. It's, it's a much better experience if that's what you're actually getting. It's the same thing with baseball cards or stamps or whatever. You're, you're not actually buying the item. You don't care about the picture on a baseball card. You don't care about a stamp or, or coin or whatever. What you're paying for is the experience of collecting. You're, you're buying emotions. And it, it sounds weird to describe it as that, as spending money for emotions. But that is what we kind of do with everything in life. Um, you know, there, there are people um, watching NFL today, probably more than are watching us even. Um, and they've spent fair, money that's on... That's fair to say. <laughs> and they, and they've, uh, they've spent money on, on NFL jerseys, right? Like, you know, like official NFL jerseys. And, you know, they might have stuff at home, NFL stuff. Why? Why? Um, it, it, it's... So collecting and... Just to, just a caveat here, I'm not a psychologist, um, but I did read a couple of papers uh, in advance of this on the psychology of collecting because I found it pretty interesting. Like, why do people spend money on this stuff? Uh, why did I spend money on this stuff? And, you know, it turns out that the collecting is, is something that humans have done for a very long time. There's evidence of humans collecting that goes back uh, 100,000, over 100,000 years collecting seashells uh, that had no utility, just, just collecting them. And it's something we like to do. Um, you know, estimates, depending on how you define collecting, you know, something like half or over half of adults collect um, and an even larger percentage of children uh, collect things. It's something that, that just about everybody uh, does. And, and the question is, is why, right? Um, and there are a number of theories and it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite complicated. There's no, there's no one overriding theory. Um, but, you know, some, some of the emotions, if you think about the feelings that you experience when you, when you buy things, when you buy a collectible, if you, if you take the time to actually think about the, what you're feeling, uh, you, you'll understand. So 
Um, it's kind of late here. Real quick, I would just say, though, um, yeah. would, would you not agree, though, that there's a difference between collecting, let's say, your favorite NFL player's jersey, which I which I can understand what you're talking about when there's this connection. It's, it's our, our self identity, it's emotion. It's like the joy that we feel when we wear that Jersey, etc. But in this case, there might be an element of that. However, I think that there's a larger element, especially when we're talking about crypto NFT, you know, crypto bros, that's kind of where the beginning of all this. Um, they're like the Genesis of NFTs of NBA top shot. Wouldn't you say that there's a larger element of this that is, more based in speculation and i mean greed oh yeah no i mean uh absolutely i'd say like virtually just a, i mean i don't know a very high percentage of the people that got into top shot did so for speculative purposes um that's that's absolutely true but um in order for there to be a reason to speculate there has to be a product that people want to collect because what you're speculating on is that that collecting interest will grow. And what the collecting interest is, is the emotions, the experience behind collecting and collecting a collectible. There are, there are, there are emotions associated with that that change when utility is added. Uh, it becomes a very different thing. Um, so, you know, one of the reasons that, that people like to collect, at least according to the papers that I read, which I, I tend to agree with, is it, it gives people a way to create and manage tension. Life is pretty boring without challenges. And some challenges in life, or most challenges in life, are not within your control. Um, you know, what, what will go on at work, uh, you know, wh whatever. With collecting, you can set your own goals that are just within grasp. I want to collect this thing and that thing and this thing or, or whatever. And when you do, unlike with other things in life, you have pretty clear feedback that you have attained your goal. You know, you can do a good job at work, but you're not really sure if you did a good job at work. You can, whatever. What Top Shot has done is change that collecting experience. So, that, you know, because it, it keeps changing the rules and, and uh, but by adding gamification, you're no longer, you know, if you had collected for one purpose, uh, and then gamification changes the value of your items for a reason that you, you didn't expect, um, you know, that is a negative emotion. Uh, you're upset with that. It, it becomes something you don't want to collect. Um, should have done this. I should have done this interview uh, earlier. <laughs> Hold on one second. Uh, I can't tell if that's my end or yours. Chat, let me know. Are, are, are we both coming in glitchy or just Joey? Joey might have to refresh his, his internet collect connection over there. Um, let me know in the chat how that's, how that's working. Right now, though, 
let's see. It says connection's fairly good. Uh, let's see here, but I'm not hearing Joey at all. Just Joey. Okay. Well, uh, Joey is frozen at the moment, so we will kill some time and hopefully Joey. Okay. So I just got a message from him. Internet cut out. Um, anyway, I, okay. <laughs> a little break in the action here. Um, I didn't, I didn't expect Joey to go with that route. Actually, we're getting like, um, what's the word in anthro is it anthropology? No, I think so. A lesson in anthropology. Okay. He's back. So Joey's telling us about how people collected seashells and such and how we have emotional connections and, and how the rules, when the rules are changed for utility and, and what that means, it can tend to make people feel badly. But I imagine that you're talking about when it makes your moments worth less. I mean, if you're holding those Brantleys on the jazz and those spike in value, just to make this a very specific top shot example, does that also make you feel badly that the things are changing, even if your things are worth more money? It's, it's more complex than that. And I did a terrible job of, uh, of explaining it. Um, but uh, the, the, like the idea is that collecting provides certain emotional experiences, right? And that's why you, you collect. And utility doesn't add to that experience. It changes it. And you're willing to pay... Uh, a certain amount uh, for one experience uh, and you're willing to pay a different amount for another experience. What I'm saying is they're not additive. Um, you know, that's why you find with a, with a lot of projects, once utility comes out and they see the value of the utility, uh, it actually causes prices to decline. It's because, yeah. um, well, there are a number of factors. One, you now have a way to measure the value um, but two, it, it changes the, the collecting experience, right? When there's no utility, you're filled with this like hope uh, and excitement and wonder about what might occur. And then when you get the, you know, and that's something that's exciting and willing to pay a lot for. And then when the utility arrives, that feeling you had before is, is gone. Um, so Joey, really quick, did yeah. you also uh, put money into NFTs other than NBA Top Shot? Like, did, are, have you have more experiences in this stuff with other stuff as well, other NFT projects? Um, yeah, well, I mean, um, a little bit. Well, uh, I know so your that, PFP is a ballers. I know, so that's one example. Right. So, yeah, I had that, and then um, uh, I guess I, I bought a couple other ones that, that like I got to mint for, or you know, the whitelist. Uh, that went up in value quite a bit and I didn't sell and now they're worthless. I think it's a pretty, <laughs> common, uh, pretty common story. I wish I had sold them. Yeah, that's, um, common. that's a common story. Yeah. But, you know, this whole PFP craze um, that, that occurred over the last year, um, you know, like so to a significant extent, uh, that started with NBA Top Shot, right? Yep. Um, you had that big bubble back in December through February, back in the what, late 2020 to early 21. Yep. And, you know, with Top Shot and the extraordinary heights that, that it reached so quickly, you know, some moments went up like 30, 40,000% in a matter of months. That created this idea that NFTs could achieve, you know, extraordinary value simply by being the, the first or something or having some sort of scarcity. Um, and uh, we can talk about the bubble later, but 
you know, like the impact that that Dapper, uh, like the Dapper guys have had on the whole Web3 space is extraordinary, right? Because, uh, you know, a, a lot of like the Board Ape people, they started with Top Shot. You know, some Top Shot led to the whole PFP craze. But before that, the Dapper guys with CryptoKitties, you know, they're a big part of why Ethereum uh, became popular, uh, I understand. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they kind of kicked off everything with their two bubbles, their, the CryptoKitty bubbles and, and NBA Top Shot bubbles, um, which is kind so, of interesting. I guess. So I know, I know you talk a lot about the market and the effect of packs on the market. And I think the word, if I'm remembering correctly, it was money velocity that you talk about. Uh, maybe I, I don't know if I got that right or not, but, um, tell us a little bit about where your thoughts are at specifically as we are approaching S4 and how we've heard that there are goals of being net neutral, perhaps even net negative. Where are you going with that? When you hear those kind of things, like, is that, uh, does that make you optimistic or where, what are you thinking right now? Um, so I'm not optimistic uh, at all. I'm quite uh, pessimistic. I think that the NBA Top Shot doesn't make sense um, for people, for users, for a number of reasons. Um, the first and the biggest uh, is the like pretty extreme conflict of interest between Dapper and users. Um, Dapper earns its money uh, from pack sales and uh, commission. And a lot of that money is sucked out of funds from the secondary market. Um, and as long as that conflict of interest exists, um, it doesn't make sense to, to buy Top Shot moments, you know? Um, uh and uh so that you know so that's you know and and, and they've got a, a record of not just like not of, of that conflict of interest not just existing um but them acting on right and it's obvious everybody knows what's going on like there's a reason why uh, people are so upset about uh dapper's minting decisions and and pricing like if you're a, a basketball card collector uh, and you've got a bunch of cards from the you know, 2018 or 2019 or, or older cards or whatever, you're not sitting there with like bated breath wondering how many packs Panini will, or how many you know cards, whatever Panini will print next year and what the prices of the packs will be. Like the only reason you care about that is, you know, because you might be interested in buying those and you want to, you know, you want to see what sort of value you'd be getting. Uh, if you buy them with Top Shot, because everything's connected uh, because of the Dapper wallet, and we can go into that in a bit, um, you care what Dapper does because it affects the values of the existing product. Um, so as long as that conflict of interest exists, you know, what, what are you doing? Like, wh why buy moments if there's a for-profit company that becomes more profitable by making your moments go down in value. Well, do you, th but when you look at other examples or during periods of time when things were trending upward, right? Um, 
it's it's hard to say like over a long period of time where where this goes or what happens in the market i would think i mean i know you have your idea of what happens and you feel pretty confident in that um but for example like you look at what's going on right now with nfl all day i think it would be fair to say that nfl all day was able to start their product with with some lessons learned already because those are all people that came from nba top shot and we're seeing that the nfl all day um market hasn't suffered some of those missteps around supply and we're seeing that values are doing pretty well in that in that example so do you think that this is a case where you would apply the same type of thinking let's say to nfl all day the fact that they also make revenue from packs and commissions and therefore it's the same story for you or do you think that that is an example where the pieces are a little bit different and perhaps you know, and perhaps Top Shot could also work its way toward a better situation like that as well in the future. No, they're, they're one and the same, right? They suffer from the exact same problem with the conflict of, of interest. Um, you know, all day will want to make its money and that money is going to come from the secondary market, uh, you know, a part of it eventually. Um, so like here, let, let's let's talk about how prices work, why all day is working right now, and why NBA Top Shot has not been working for a while. So on, on, like a, on an aggregate level, you've got aggregate demand, which is the total amount of money that people are willing to spend on moments. Um, and then you've got your supply. Uh, on the demand side, right, well, okay. So let's, let's start with NBA Top Shot. Any, uh, any decision that Dapper makes um, can have an impact on demand. It can have an impact on supply. So let's, what we're interested in is what change to demand does uh, an act have and what change on supply does an act have. So for overall demand, how do we measure overall demand? Well, we can't measure it exactly, right? Like, I don't know what you're willing to spend on Top Shot moments. I don't know what someone else is willing to spend on Top Shot moments. But what we do have is the Dapper wallet, okay? And what the Dapper wallet does is it segregates each person's money into one pile in the Dapper wallet that they're pretty likely to spend on moments. And then all their other money, which they're much less money, much less likely to spend on moments. You know, if I gave you $500 and I put it into your Dapper wallet, you're much more likely to spend that on moments than if I just, you know, if someone gave you $500 and, you know, put it in your bank account. Would, would you agree with that? I would agree with that, yes. Okay, yeah, okay. So you can measure the effect, you know, the change in demand by assessing the change in Dapper balances. Um, so let's say, for example, with this run, run it back pack, we've got $2 million in pack prices, I think roughly, right? Yep. That $2 million comes from somewhere. Now, I don't know how much of that is new cash and how much of that comes from Dapper balance, whether that's money that's just sitting around or money that um, is, is acquired by selling existing moments, it doesn't matter. Um, new cash doesn't have you know, that uh, immediate impact of, of causing demand to fall. But when you use Dapper balance, 
uh, well, reducing dapper balance, that lowers demand. The less money that are in dapper wallets, the less, the lower the overall demand. So let's say, I don't know, 50% uh, comes new cash and 50% is, uh, you know, from, from dapper wallet. So that's a million dollars, right? That's a million dollars. Um, and then we've got these, uh, 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 and then we got these moments hitting the marketplace. Um, now, some of the new moments will be got will be bought with existing balance, which is fine. And some of the new moments will be purchased with cash, and that cash is a plus to the market. So the question is, uh, what, what is the overall effect on demand? Um, and in most cases, uh, you know, unless the percentage of, of, of pack packs are bought with cash, the effect will be that demand overall decreases. Um, and, and add in the effect of all those extra uh, transactions, which leads to more commissions um, and, and more cash leaving Dapper wallets. And then additionally, with, with packs, you've got an increase in supply um, and you need enough cash to come into the market to support the value of the new supply uh, in order to keep prices neutral. So if, even if you say there is no change in demand, just from the increase in supply, you need more cash to keep price levels as a whole. Sure. So recapping everything here, right? With demand, we've got things, we're, we're looking at uh, money in, in Dapper wallets. And here's what adds to demand. Uh, new cash deposits, uh, or if you're, you know, if you're looking at NBA Top Shot, money brought from other Dapper products to NBA Top Shot. And here's what causes demand to fall. You got people withdrawing money, people moving money away from NBA Top Shot to other Dapper products. You've got pack purchases and you've got uh, commissions. On the supply side, yeah, you've got moments in the marketplace. Uh, I've spoken enough about, about this, but you know, sure. more moments back. NBA Top Shot or Dapper, it controls a lot of these levers, right? It controls um, how much cash leaves for pack purchases. It controls um, commissions. Um, you know, it, it can't control withdrawals or deposits or, or money moving uh, between uh, uh, between products, but it does have a lot of control over demand, and it has control over supply. So if it wants the prices to go up, right, it can make it happen. If it wants the prices of NBA Top Shot to increase, um, what it needs to do is prevent uh, existing money in wallets being used uh, to purchase new packs to go to Dapper. Um, you know, one way it can do that is by requiring uh, purchases to be made with cash. Um, now that'd be kind of weird because how do you actually prevent people from withdrawing and using cash or whatever, but anyways, what Top Shot, I mean, what, what All Day is doing right now, right? It knows that it's got certain amount of money coming in being moved over from top shot and new cash purchases and the reason uh, and, and sorry new deposits and the reason it's going up is because those positives are outweighing the negatives pack purchases and commissions 
um, and the money needed to offset new supply that it controls. So with either product, you can, you know, they can measure. We see, look, this much cash is coming in. We control most of the outflows. Uh, we just have to make sure that the outflows are, are lower than the inflows. Um, what, what would you yeah. say, though, in terms of, because something that I know that I've seen with all day, although I haven't been very active in all day, but for example, they're doing many burning challenges, let's say. So like they are aware of the effect of reducing supply to add more. So they're, you're earning packs, but you have to burn to get those packs. So do you think that there's some kind of equilibrium that can exist where it's not this, um, you know, I don't know, like a, a, a tick that's sort of sucking the blood out, but it's more of like, can keep things level, it can keep things more natural depending on what's happening in the day-to-day of the market. So, um, you know, provided there is cash coming in, uh, it's possible to, to maintain an equilibrium, right? I mean, um, Dapper's just got to make sure that it's making the decision so that the cash outflows are, are less or equal to the cash inflows. And if there aren't enough cash inflows, it can actually send money back out into the market uh, to make sure that you know, that equilibrium does exist. But uh, on burning, I don't think burning is a solution to anything, right? Um, because you look, at, you look at burning and th- there are two scenarios where people burn stuff. In one case, you burn uh, moments with X value and in exchange, you, you receive something of Y value. Now on the supply side, it's not the number of moments that matters. It's the value of the moments um, or the money needed to support the value of the moments. So burning, for example, you know, so it doesn't matter if there are five moments worth $10 or one moment worth $50 on the supply side. It's the same thing. Now, if you're burning moments to receive something of greater value, that's actually harming the market. Um, because you need more cash to support that, uh, extra value. Um, now if it's the other way around where you're burning, say $50 in moments to get something worth $30, well, that's helping the market because supply is actually being reduced, but that's not something that people are going to do in the long run, because why would you burn $50 worth of something to receive? $30. $30. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think burning um, is an effective uh, solution if people act uh, like rationally when it comes to, well, no, not rationally, but when it comes to the reward. Now, now one thing is that people are willing to burn $50 worth of something for a rent for like a, something that might have an expected value of $30, but has a distribution where they can make a lot more than 50. People like to gamble, people like packs, it's fun. Um, That would be an effective way of reducing supply, Uh, burning moments to receive packs. And we saw that too, when they were doing the loot packs and there were loot packs that you had to buy with trade tickets, for example. So people were paying for more than the expected value of loot packs and some people would hit home runs and others wouldn't. And I mean, that's probably what we're going to see with these run of backpacks as well. It's like, um, I think actually Packrip made a, uh, made a tweet sort of about this, which is like, in a way you're paying almost for that gamble, that thrill, that, that 
the thrill of ripping a pack is sort of the premium that you're paying, knowing that you might lose money overall. So there's people who are more ROI focused and aren't involved, aren't interested and don't want to get involved. And there's people who are willing to take the gamble. I mean, you can look at the, 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 the query that I, or the uh, survey that I have going on right now. Um, we have some votes, but there's people saying that, yes, they will buy these packs and it's not like an overwhelming no, let's say. So that definitely is a fair amount. Um, let's see. Uh, so Dr. Dunks is asking a question here. Do you think playbook challenges are more likely to bring in new cash since they are more time sensitive? So that's the NFL all day playbook challenges. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know. Um, but the answer, you know, let's say the answer is yes. Um, and it brings in, uh, you know, a lot of new cash and that leads to overall demand increasing. And let's say that is more than the amount needed to offset the new supply. Then what you'll see is a, an increase in prices. Um, however, that's the short-term effect. Uh, in the long run, we know that Dapper Labs wants to make its money. Um, it's got investors and I'm sure, uh, you know, when it went out to investors and, and, and made its projections, uh, its revenue is growing, right? Uh, and it's, it wants to satisfy its investors. It's also got partners, um, you know, with, with NBA, with NBA Top Shot, I believe it has a, a revenue sharing agreement with, uh, with the licensing bodies. And those parties want their revenue in order to be happy. And it doesn't have the license to, to make NBA Top Shot in perpetuity. You know, it expires, uh, I think, like you know, sometime in the end of this decade. And, you know, if you're the NBA uh, or think 450 or like the, the license holder for NBB, NBPA, um, you're looking at renewing that license within the next few years or awarding that license to someone else or making it a non-exclusive license. And if the numbers that Dapper Labs is putting up in the next couple of years suck, it's going to look elsewhere, right? Like it doesn't care about Top Shot. It, it just wants to make sure that it's getting its money, whether that comes from a Dapper Labs product or, or, or some other company creating a, a digital video collectible or some other type of collectible that replaces these, it doesn't matter. It just wants to maximize the money that it gets. Um, so Dapper's got to satisfy these parties, right? So even though, you know, like with All Day, for example, uh, you know, it can look at the amount of money coming in and say, all right, we can take out this amount of money without causing prices to fall it can't just do that. It, it's got to make a certain amount of money. Um, and, and that's the problem, right? Like its interest uh, is not the same as ours. Um, you know, if it had this product for a hundred years and its goal was to maximize revenue for a hundred years, you know, then it would want to um, print enough print moment so that it doesn't have a harmful effect on the secondary market but it doesn't have that luxury. Um, and us wishing that it would change the way it operates is, you know, it's not gonna happen, right? It's not really up to, up to them. They've got to make the money. 
but I just think that in terms of like, for example, Top Shot, um, I think that if the, if any business is running with with what you're describing sounds kind of in a way short term focused, which is like we need to extract as much as we can as soon as we can. And I think that, you know, depending on how you see it, when we when we the over minting happened, you could make an argument that maybe that was what was going on or they were trying to take advantage of what, you know, looked really good on paper. And therefore, let's just kind of keep this going. But I think at the same time, if they're trying to grow this product and I know that that's one of their biggest indicators for S4 is like they're trying to pump money into marketing and just bring on the masses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and there's part of me that thinks that that's also why they over minted because they had maybe too much confidence in that, that they would be able to do that sooner rather than how long it would actually take organically. Um, but don't you think that if they have this very short term thinking, they're going to burn out their users and they won't be able to churn that money that they're looking for anymore. Yeah. I do think but that, that then, but then that's but they've, why they've I made a, they've made a fortune in the last, in the last year. Right. Right. Um, but, but like, like you like said, said, they have this for like the next decade or, or near the next decade, whatever it is, seven, six, seven, eight years, whatever it is. Obviously I would imagine they don't want to burn out their user base in the next year, let's say, and then what, and then just, you know, lose their biggest customers that quickly. It doesn't make sense to me. Sure, they, they need to keep it alive just enough, right? Uh, so that, that's why you get these like little these little nuggets of like nice of nice things. But they're they're you know they don't have the luxury of building a long term product because they don't have a long term product, right? But don't don't you think yeah. that this could be something that is long term? Because when you consider, because when you that's when you made Okay, but right. when you but when you think about like if, if the NBA were to look at digital collectibles and who has the infrastructure in place and who has the connections and the relationships in place, I, I would be pretty shocked if they looked elsewhere when you see that Dapper has these relationships already with other big brands. I mean, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, which was that um, this was kind of because what you're talking about, sorry, but what you're talking about now is how Dapper makes its money. The bulk of its money is being made from like selling packs, which is undeniable, right? Then it's like it makes money from the commissions off the marketplace, which was really high back in like February. It's no longer that way. Um, it's bet by by and large, it's about it's all around packs. Um, However, we were seeing these relationships being built with like Budweiser, with Ticketmaster, and that was giving me a little bit of hope that that maybe they are able to find other revenue areas, other revenue models, and therefore there doesn't have to be this focus on you know pack money, and and they could actually make money based on what they've built, this massive logistical behemoth that they are are still creating. What do you what do you think about that? <laughs> I, I think it it got those other deals because of the bubble that it that it created um, in December through February. So no no but, credit but, given but, to the fact that that they have created like the normie NFT. They've created like the easiest onboarding. What Dapper has done is both extraordinary and awful. Um, it, it's, it's really done both, 
Um, so again, going back to collecting. Collecting is this human experience that goes back 100,000 years, maybe more. That's just as far back as the evidence of us doing it. And from, for all of that time, or you know, there have been very few changes to the collecting experience. Um, and Dapper has come in and revolutionized it, right? Like, look what collecting, um, the Top Shot moments, like compared to collecting basketball cards or, or any other physical collectible, right? Look at all of like the points of uh, anxiety uh, in uh, a traditional collectible. Um, you've got to, you know, find the product. You've got to find the physical product you want. You've got to determine its condition. You've got to assess its authenticity. Um, you've got to find buyers. You've got to worry about shipping. Um, you know, all, all these things, right? Dapper made all those points of anxiety. You know, you've got to negotiate with people. Dapper made all of these things kind of go away. Um, and it deserves, you know, lots of credit there, right? Sort of. What it's also done is ruin collecting because of the dapper wallet. Um, and I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional, but what the dapper wallet has done uh, is a couple different things. One, it has made new product a direct competitor with existing product because it all comes from the same pool of money. Um, so like, as I was saying before, you know, new cards don't compete with old cards with Dapper. They do, right? It's new moments compete with your old moments. If you've got a moment that's worth a uh, hundred dollars and Dapper comes out with a pack uh, with an expected value of 120 and it costs a hundred dollars. Well, you'd be an idiot not to sell your moment and buy Dapper's product and Dapper can just, Keep doing that, right? Like it can just make lower the price, lower the price, lower the price, and kind of undercut existing collectibles and just keep taking money from the secondary market. Um, and that's that's a bad thing. And you can also say that some of these like positives that Dapper has done in, in reducing these anxieties and inefficiencies that used to be part of the collecting experience, that are part of the, the physical collecting experience, that might be a bad thing. Um, because, you know, part of the collecting experience is this idea that you have become an expert at something. Um, and, you know, with those inefficiencies and those obstacles, make it more difficult to become an expert and also more rewarding to become an expert at, at NBA top shot. You know, you just got to spend a bit of time on the, on the website, you know, look at the marketplace, see what's happening, you know, follow Twitter a bit. It's, it's much easier and less rewarding. And it also makes the financial aspect of it front and center for everything. You, you can't deal with NBA top shot without seeing the price for everything all the time it doesn't work that way with collectibles so you collect like figurines or whatever um 
you know, every once in a while, you'll check in on the, the pricing. It's, it's not the price that, that is front and center in your mind. With NBA Top Shot, it is. And the combination of making the price front and center with the price going down, it, it, it makes it an unpleasant experience. Like, who enjoys that? Um, you know, if, if, if the prices go down, don't let me see it, you know? Uh, but with Daffer, it prices everything. Um, so anyway, I forget what the question was. <laughs> I actually forget as well. Uh, but okay. I think that for those reasons that you're saying, though, that's why I almost think that you can't be the only person thinking this way, especially not on their side as well. And I would imagine that that decisions are being made to counteract some of this stuff. And, and maybe that's a good chance to pivot because I know that you promised a little bit of optimism in this discussion, which is what, so, I mean, coffee says you, you are even more bearish than he is. Um, <laughs> but so, but hold on actually real quick. I ever heard of MetaMask and Phantom not following the FUD on the Dapper wallet, Dapper wallet ballers and eight all day money can flow back to top shot. But is it, would your argument against that just be that because there's more and more product that continually exists, that's why it's different? Or because yeah, coffee so makes a good um, argument as well. Like, and I think, but I think we're seeing that as well on NFTs. It's like so much, so many new NFTs. Also, you know, that's also a supply issue, right? Yeah. So, so going back to the Dapper Wallet issue, um, you know, uh, I, I'm. Um, so, so, you know, it used to be that it was just NBA Top Shot. That was like the only thing you could buy with the Dapper Wallet and then more products came in. So when I say money in the Dapper Wallet, what, what I really mean is Dapper is money in uh, your Dapper Wallet that you have earmarked uh, towards NBA Top Shot. So cash in includes money being brought from, that was like earmarked from other products and brought into the Dapper Wallet uh, and, and is now earmarked towards NBA Top Shot and cash out is money that was earmarked for NBA Top Shot uh, and is, you know, n now being used for all day or whatever. Um, you know, and that's, you know, one of the, well, that's another one of the reasons why uh, prices have uh, gone down um, is that that's one of the cash outflows, right? Um, money that was being used for NBA Top Shot now being used for other products. And yes, there are cash inflows too. I'm sure there are some people that have deposited cash um, you know, to buy all day moments and then use some of that to buy, um, you know, uh, top shot or, or change over to top shot. Um, what's the net effect? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. So then hit me with some optimism. <laughs> Go tell, tell me what's your, what's your scenario where some of these things that you're concerned about, um, can change in, in your, in your perspective. Yeah. So it's, it's tough, Tandy. Um, <laughs> you promised. So I did promise. I did promise. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I, I don't think that it's a sustainable product with the conflict of interest that exists. Um, because even if Dapper changes the way it acts and for the next few years, even. It mints the appropriate amount of moments uh, at the appropriate prices to not have a negative effect on secondary moments. Anyone that wants to invest for the long term 
has this enormous risk hanging over them that at some point in the future, Dapper will return to the behavior that it's exhibited in the last 18 months. So as long as that conflict exists, it's pretty hard to see uh, a rosy future. So how do we get rid of that conflict? <laughs> there, there are two ways, and neither of them I think Dapper is willing to do. Um, the, the first way is to hand over control uh, of minting decisions to an independent body that you know, is tasked with minting the appropriate amount uh, to balance you know, based on the amount of cash inflows that come into the market. Um, you know, that will restore investor confidence and just that act alone will probably increase um, you know, cash inflows and I think would be best for the long-term interest of the product. And I think it would revolutionize collecting. Um, but I, I don't see Dapper doing that because, you know, it needs to make money, right? Like what, what if the independent body comes in and says, hey, look, cash flow is actually negative this year because um, people are withdrawing more than they're depositing or people have only put in, you know, you know $500,000 in cash. That's all we're projecting for the next little while. So, you know, I don't think Dapper is willing to do that. As we said before, it's got partners, it's got investors. It can't just relinquish control over its revenue-making decisions. The second method, um, which I don't think Dapper is willing to do either, and would also crater prices in the short term, is to remove the Dapper wallet. Uh, the Dapper wallet is the reason why um, new product competes with existing product. Um, but like one uh, one thing that the the Dapper wallet does, uh, as you mentioned before, but we didn't talk about it, is create um, I think we might be losing you again. Uh, all right, I think. Joey's Thai internet is failing him once again. So he will probably remove himself and come back in a couple of minutes if I had to guess. Um, but anyhow, chat, uh, this has definitely been a little bit of a different uh, interview, I must say. Um, but, you know, we welcome all. We welcome all. So I'm just going to remove Joey for now. And when I see him in the background again, I'll bring him back on. But, you know, we, we welcome all here. You know, we're – of course, we'd all love to be simps. But there's going to be some some people who are not simps. And, um, you know, jo Joey, Joey is not a simp. Uh, but – but he obviously thinks about this stuff a lot. He thinks about the market a lot and the effect of uh, moments and minting. All right, he's back. All right, Joey, yes. I don't, I don't, I don't recall what your point. Well, your last point, your first one was about the independent minting, um, yeah. and these, and the second one was about against the Dapper Wallet. However, we know that the Dapper Wallet, you know, they'll never adjust the Dapper Wallet. I mean, that's like the dream. That that's Roham's dream is the Dapper Wallet. You know, that's like the, that's the golden idea of like having a dapper wallet that you can buy and mix and match and 
that's like your identity. And one day you'll buy your KFC with your Dapper wallet. So I, I don't see Dapper wallet. I don't see Dapper wallet ever being adjusted, honestly. Yeah. So let, let's talk about what the Dapper wallet does. Um, and like it has a couple very negative effects. Uh, the first, uh, as I mentioned before, is that it causes new product to compete with existing product because it makes it very easy to switch between switch from existing product to new product. You can just sell the uh, old product, goes into your Dapper wallet, super efficient, and you can buy a new product uh, within you know a minute or, or whatever. You know, it, it doesn't take long. The second thing it does is it inflates prices um, and it creates this perception that that moments are worth more than they are. Um, so let me just explain. Is it possible to share a, scre uh, share a screen? Yeah, you can share a screen. Okay. Share a screen. I'm curious. Screen. I'm curious where you're going with this one, how a dapper wallet actually inflates values. All right. Well, hopefully this makes sense. Uh, okay. This is actually the first time I've, I've spoken with anyone um, about, how do I move this? Um, NBA Top Shot. So just uh, getting some ideas out of, you know, like stray thoughts that have uh, popped up in my mind over the last little while and, and actually articulating them and doing that. So hopefully what I'm saying makes a little bit of sense. But can you see this uh, Excel sheet? Yep. Yep. Can see it. So what the Dapper wallet does is create money velocity. And, and what that means is dollars that are put into Dapper or whatever, they, they end up getting spent more than once. Um, so like if I buy a moment from you for $100, okay, um, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to spend the proceeds again. Um, so all, all money velocity is, is just basically the percentage of money that gets respent on average in a given time period. So if we say that, um, you know, on average 80 cents out of every dollar a person receives, they respent. And I don't know what the actual, like in a given time period, I don't know what the actual number is, but we're just using this as, as an example to show how the dapper wall inflates prices. Um, so real so, quick, can you, can you zoom in a little bit? We got some people that uh, would like to see the numbers a little more clearly. Sure. sure. How's this? Yeah, that looks better to me. Okay. So let's just walk through this scenario where on average in a time period, 80 cents out of every dollar gets respent. So the first person, so let's say I buy a moment from someone for $100. That person gets 95, $5 goes to Dapper, right? Mm -hmm. That person then takes their 95 and they, so just, just backing up for a second, I said 80 cents out of every dollar. That's the same thing as, um, you know, all of it being respent five times and then it all being withdrawn. It, it works out the, the same. So anyway, um, and then that person takes 95 and buys a moment for $95, um, $4.75 in commission goes to Dapper. 
uh, and and so on. And then so that, the net, that, that person is $90.25, does the same thing, and they go here. So by the time we've gone through, by the time this person withdraws their money, we've had $100 put into the market. And just from that $100, we've got one person who thinks they have a moment worth 100 We've got one person who thinks they have a moment worth 95, one person who thinks they have a moment worth 9025, 8574, 8175. And this is all with $100. We've got a total of $452 in value, all supported by $100. They can't all extract their $452. Further, we've got out of that $100, 2262 is in commission has gone to Dapper. So we're really left with. $77.38 that's in the market supporting a perceived value of $452.44. So the, the higher the velocity, the more times money is spent, the higher uh, perceived values go. Um, you know, as a, I'm just going to stop sharing there. How do I get back? Yep, yep, you're back. Yeah. Okay. So as a, as another just like simple example, let, let's say there's a hundred moments in the marketplace, and I put in a hundred dollars. The average spend per moment is a dollar per moment. But now let's say there's insane velocity. I buy from the first person for a hundred. They buy from the next person for a hundred, and it goes on and on. We've got a hundred people that think they have a hundred dollar moment, but there's only a hundred dollars. They can't all get a hundred dollars for the moment, and that's an effect of the Dapper wallet. You know, with physical cards, um, when you receive, well, there are two things. One, you receive money. That doesn't go into a special pool for buying more um, cards. That just goes into your, your general funds. And two, it's, it's a much slower process. So like the, the number of times money is respent, if it is respent uh, in a period is much lower. So by increasing the money velocity, the number of times each dollar is spent, it creates this perception that there is tons of value, while at the same time, turning the money that is put in into like a very large percentage of commissions for Dapper and leaving this large perceived value with uh, a small cash, small amount of cash to actually support those values. Um, and, and that is one of like, the factors that led to the bubble being so extreme. Um, now, if remember we were talking about uh, demand and there being those cash outflows uh, with uh, commissions and, and packs, but but mostly packs here. During the bubble, you know those cash outflows were restricted or oh, and withdrawals. I think I think Roham just cut Joey's internet again. Hold on, <laughs> I'm gonna remove Joey. Uh, when I see him moving around in the background, I'll bring him back. So I I mean I think that what he is talking about there with the spreadsheet is more or less the five percent take. Um, and I was going to make a point or ask Joey about basically like doesn't a an improved um, inflow of new users 
counter effect that. So whether it's cash or here he is again, he's back there. So Joey, what I was going to ask you, or if you were listening yeah. was, was just about um, to simplify that, that a little bit, I would imagine that this is, it's basically like the 5% theory or it's the 5%, uh, the 5% out of every sale is, is you do that enough times over and over again. And that's, and that's kind of what you're describing. But I think you're describing something beyond that, which I've never given much thought to, which is the fact that everyone still thinks that they are these larger values than what they are. Thanks to the 5% that's coming out, um, over and over again. Yeah. yeah, And it's, it's all, it's also the money being spent over and over again. Um, so, you know, the, the faster money gets respent and like the larger percentage of money that gets respent, the more people perceive their cards are worth or their moments are worth, uh, because that's what the transactions are going at. But once money gets pulled out, it has this really bad effect on the market because you have this like tiny bit of cash, uh, supporting these large values and it's easy to, to make, uh, prices plummet by, you know, taking out that little bit of cash. If the money velocity were one, if, uh, money didn't get respent, you know, then if you've got a thousand dollars worth of moments, there's a thousand dollars to support it. $10 comes out, you know, it's there's $990 to support it. It's not a big deal. But if you've got a velocity of 10, $10 comes out, well, that's $100, effectively, that is being pulled out of the market. Anyway, what's, uh, yeah. does, does that make sense? I, 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 I think so. Think so. I think so. It's a, it does involve a little bit of thinking that I probably need to like sit and think to myself for a few days about this. But, but um, I, I think that when it all boils down to more or less is it, it boils back to that cash issue which you were talking about which like you have to to support values you need more cash coming in more users coming in and i think that's like simply what people are usually asking for moving forward is any collectible platform like this where you can buy and sell so rapidly you do need um you do need fresh users you need you need a, a user base that is consistently growing if you're going to be creating more and more things that you can buy um and and i think that like if physical cards for example we've seen those dip as well um physical cards which don't use a shared wallet or anything like that so i don't know something just to think about it's i don't know if it's related to directly to the dapper wallet although i do think that you do have some um some of what you're saying does make sense. Uh, but I do think that there's also these other just things at play as well, because you can compare them to other, I mean, look at like the watch market, look at the physical card market, look at these are all the, also other collectibles that we are also seeing the ebbs and flows of the market. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, money comes out of any, any market, the uh, prices are going to go down. Um, but I don't know, like if you look at, um, like the Luka Doncic, uh, I just uh, I had looked at one moment just a, as an example. The the, the series one uh, was like thirty five eighty four mint or something, um, okay. whatever one it was. Uh, you know that was regularly selling for four thousand uh, dollars in February of twenty twenty one, and um, you know recently it was in you know a hundred and something dollar that's like a 97% drop. And it's not the only moment like that. There are tons of moments that have dropped. 
uh, like just a massive, massive percentage in value from the peak. Um, yeah. That's not the case with other collectibles. Sure. But we have seen that with other NFT collectibles. Sure. So it's not it's not independent to the NBA Top Shot, is I guess what I'm trying to say. It's it's uh, as you said, no, you're holding you're holding some NFTs as am I that were worth. It's it's many a digital thousands. it's a digital collectible thing. Um, I haven't given like that much thought to, to other NFTs, but they, they probably uh, you know if like it's probably a similar thing where well okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't really given it much thought, so I, I don't want to talk about uh, other NFTs. Uh, just like for my thoughts at four twelve in the morning here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know I'll let you go to bed soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we have a couple of of comments in here. Yeah. So top shot, hot shot, saying Dapper Wallet keeps helps him keep track easier. If it was his personal funds, he would spend more because. Uh, he only gets monthly statements he never looks at. Tommy G was saying he thinks that players need a bigger cut so they become invested. Um, it's arguable that that might be happening on NFL all day because we do seem to see a lot of uh, player interaction there. Dr. Dunks is saying if Dapper creates a fair marketplace, don't you think they can count on new cash coming in from existing users as we further leverage our investment in the platform? And he adds to that saying, not exactly sure what fair would ultimately entail. Some version that allows those with skill to profit. Okay. My, my, uh, my memory's not so good uh, at, uh, at 4 something AM. So are we gonna, are we gonna comment on these? I mean, you can, if you have anything you wanna add to this. I just went by, you went, you went through so fast. Um, okay, you can actually yeah. see the comments on your side too. I think if you just click something on the, or maybe you can't, maybe you have to go to the YouTube to see it. Oh, here we go. Comments, comments. Got it. Okay. Um, so which one shall we uh, discuss? Um, top shot, hot shot, dapper wallet helps me keep track easier. If it was my personal bank account, I think I'd spend more because I only get monthly statements I never look at. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, if you, if you disagree that people are more likely to spend money, you know, like in their dapper wallet than their, their bank account, uh, okay. Um, you know, like, I, uh, sure. For, for some people, I guess, uh, it does have a limiting effect. Uh, if you're the type of person that would just throw all your money, uh, at, um, you know, at, at a collectible, uh, I'm guessing like you don't have a wife or, or kids to like, you know, monitor your, your personal bank account. Um, there's, you know, at least for me, and I think for, for most people, money that's already in your dapper wallet feels like spent money. Um, there, there's not really a, a, like a big uh, psychological barrier to taking that money and spending it on a moment. Um, whereas money in your bank account, you think about all the alternative uses you have for that money. It's like, we're going to spend $500 on, on this when I could be doing all these other things. Um, so at least that's, that's my view. And I, I do think that's the case for, for most people. Sure. Um, I think the players need a bigger cut. So they become more invested. The players do have a cut, um, right? Like there's a licensing agreement with, uh, with think 450, the, the NBB, the NBPA, uh, the NBA, um, you know, and that money gets distributed to players. Um, now if you're talking about individual players, like 
the money's just not there to make them care. Um, it, you know, it seems like there, there have been a few players that have actually invested in Dapper Labs and, and they've become, um, you know, and then, then they've got a stake in making things go well. But if you're just talking about getting like uh, a cut from like sales of, of their moments, you know, these, these guys have boat like mega yachts full of money, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so if Dapper creates a fair marketplace, don't you think they can count on new cash coming in from existing users as we further leverage our investment in the platform? Um, I'm not sure I understand the question, but if, if the marketplace is fair, I mean, if you're saying like the minting and pricing decisions are made, keeping in mind the changes in demand, like new cash versus cash leaving the, uh, the market, um, and there's some sort of ability to make users confident that that treatment of pricing and minting decisions will continue in perpetuity, then, then yeah. I mean, uh, uh, that would be fantastic. You know, I think a, a lot of people would come back in a top shot if that happened. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. that's what a, a lot of people are sort of hanging their hat on and hoping for. And, and I would say that that's, and I didn't mention this in my opener, but like, um, that this duality of like this super cool thing that they were able to do with the running backpacks and get player rights and image rights and, and put out this really beautiful package stuff. Um, meanwhile, when, when I talked to Janie a few weeks ago and, and not just that, but everyone's general perception about series four is like net neutral slash net negative, you know, definitely keeping track of how many moments are getting added to there and making sure we're net neutral, let's say, um, I had wished that we would have some idea whenever a new pack gets released in S4, some idea of what is going to neutralize this new supply. That That's why, what I personally felt. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the reason why, like, why put money in uh, when, you, when you don't know what they're going to do in the future and their track record uh, is making decisions that, uh, prioritize making revenue or, or generating revenue uh, over the health of the secondary market. Um, and then also when it comes to net neutrality, it, it's kind of weird the way they approach that. Um, I think you mean net it, neutral, not net neutrality. <laughs> or net maybe neutral. it's the same thing. When I, when I, when I hear net no, neutrality, I, I, I think of like I, internet I, rights. But Switzerland, anyway. or I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I, I don't know what I'm saying. Whatever, but, uh, we, we, get not, we get it. It's not the number of moments that, that matters, right? It's the value of moments. So it's weird that, I mean, I guess it's, it's a way of making it appear neutral. Um, but so, so two things, one, you know, like burning a common and releasing a legendary, there's nothing neutral about that. The, the money needed to support the new supply is much, 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 much greater uh, than it was to support the old supply. Two, um, net neutral might not be the, the right move. You know, it depends on cash cash coming into the market. If there's a ton of cash coming into the market, well, you can generate a larger, you know, you, you don't have to be net neutral. Uh, if there's a, a tiny amount coming into the market, um, you know, you, or there's even a, a, an outflow, uh, then, you know, you have to be negative. Um, so just being net neutral with like the number of moments, that doesn't accomplish anything. Um, and it's... Uh, 
you know, maybe it's just like an easy goal for, for people to understand. But if your actual goal is to not have a harmful effect on the secondary market, that's not the way you do it. Yeah, I, I think that the way that most people probably perceive that is that if you can have net neutral plus 30 to $60 million in marketing and DraftKings style marketing on NBA broadcasts, then those two things together might work in to benefit people's bags. Now, my, my view on marketing is it's kind of like a chicken and chicken and the egg situation, right? You're trying to market in order to bring new users in. But if your product is a collectible that you have to watch go down in value, um, your marketing is not going to be that successful. Uh, if instead of spending money on marketing, um, you just change, you know, you just instead of spending, you know, whatever million on marketing, you instead took that money to reduce mint counts so that prices didn't go down. Um, that's your best marketing. You know, look what happened. You know, if, if prices are, are going up or prices are stable, people will come back. Yeah. Although not really, because I didn't want to get too positive for a moment there. <laughs> because there's still that risk that in the future, they'll, they'll revert to their old ways of, of over minting and causing prices in the secondary market to, to decline. Um, do so they do also you think to, that if, yeah. if communications were better in terms of, you know, uh, roadmap or, cause I, I think that's what the goal was with, let's say with the previous roadmap, right. And what we're, what people are anticipating this sec, this new series four roadmap is, for as well is to get an idea of how many commons, how many rares, how many legendaries of how many player, et cetera, et cetera. So like, if that was more clear, which you were just kind of alluding, I mean, your fear and uncertainty and doubt about the um, future, let's say, releases of, of all the different tiers and all the different players, if that was all way more clear, then wouldn't that address what your, wouldn't that address your fears? Um, sure. But it's, it's got to be, uh, that roadmap's got to go pretty far. Um, and uh, <sighs> it's risky, right? Making a roadmap that goes out that far and it might not be the right roadmap. Um, we don't want to create, you know, like if you could choose what happens to prices going forward, like what, what is the, the optimal, what is the optimal path? Um, it's, it's not clear what would be, what, what is best. But, you know, like if you have a fixed path on the supply side, it's either going to be wrong um, by being like uh, over minting and causing prices to climb. Uh, and then you're going to have to deviate to kind of rescue the product uh, or it's going to be wrong in the other direction um, where money keeps coming in and prices keep rising. And you create this expectation that the, the ratio of new cash to supply is going to continue like that going forward. And they're then going to, you know, but it's not right. Uh, if new cash is coming in, eventually they're going to want to increase supply. Um, and that's going to create disappointment. Um, so anyway, I think the best roadmap, 
the best roadmap is a dynamic one that is not created by Dapri Labs um, and is based on uh, measurable metrics like cash coming into the market. Um, you know, but so, so if like, let's say they make those, that information public, uh, you know, new cash, uh, cash going out. Um, and you say, look, you know, we'll, we'll mint, um, you know, uh, within a certain range and it'll be based on, um, you know, based on those factors, like the factors that really affect prices. Um, you know, like, I think that would be best, but it's, it's, complicated right like it, it's it would be tough to clearly communicate um certainly to like people that are new to the product uh so uh, i do think the the absolute best thing uh is to hand the product or the decisions over to an independent body that is tasked with clear principles everyone can understand our goal is to maximize the long-run growth of the product. Our goal is to make minting decisions and pricing decisions uh, so that the you know secondary you know, de demand for the you know for for secondary market moments doesn't decrease. Um, do that, and I think that's pretty exciting because no collectibles ever done that before. Um, okay, and, and I think that's what Web three is all about, or should be all about, instead of what it is now, but this is like the most centralized collectible ever. Uh, it doesn't just control supply for new products. It controls demand for existing products. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we need a, we need a dapper overseer or a dapper. I think didn't ESPN once have the ombudsman. It was very uh, not subjective whatsoever and, and completely objective yeah. and just comment sure. on things and so who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get a dapper ombudsman one day. Sounds like that would make you happy. I think that's the best thing for the for the product, um, but I don't know if that is um, what Dapper wants. I don't I like if Dapper's goal is actually what is best for the long term of the product. Um, you know, for, for the reasons you mentioned before, it's got investors. And it's got partners and there's no guarantee that it has a product if it doesn't produce results in the next few years. Um, Cause like, uh, you know, with, with, with sports cards, for example, right? Like Panini had licenses for, you know, NBA through like 2026 or 2027 or something. And then last year, like five years in advance of the contract expiring the NBPA and then NBA, they gave a license to uh, fanatics, uh, you know, we're five, six years away from the NBA Top Shot license expiring. Uh, if someone else comes in, Fanatics or, I don't know, some new company and, and makes them a, a fantastic pitch and it makes them believe that they're going to make more money with the other party, um, and, you know, why wouldn't, why wouldn't they go with it? Yeah, I, I mean, just speaking, in my opinion, objectively, I just can't imagine that, like the only thing that's even close to what NBA Top Shot has been able to create thus far um, in terms of product, in terms of UX, UI, design, logistics, wallet, everything. I mean, I don't even know. Candy? I, I'm not even sure. So I, I, I suppose that there's always risks involved, but I would imagine that the chances of that are quite low. 
Well, on the tech side, what, what Dapper has done with like the top shot marketplace, extraordinary, right? Like it's, it's a great marketplace, um, but they've made it. The hard part was inventing it or, you know, like being the first to do it. Um, it's not hard to be the second person to do something. You just make like minor improvements and you're better. Um, yeah. Yeah. I suppose that, that, you know, you could go back in history and look at anything like Microsoft windows used to be the, the big, the big show in town and it no longer is as much. I think Apple has probably overtaken. I would think, I actually don't know. I don't know if the answer to that is actually, but, uh, it feels that way. Um, but anyhow, I, I feel like, uh, we could probably cover dozens of other topics and, I think that I think we've gotten a good explanation of how you're how you're currently feeling, what your concerns are, and what your ideas are for how this could potentially be different in your opinion, how you might feel a little bit better about the situation. But uh, I mean, we're at about an hour and a half. I know it's like four thirty a m for you right now. Um, I know you're hopped up on espresso, so you might not be sleeping tonight. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, for those who are not following Joey Bats, the you can put your handle in there because I know it's uh, it's baller something or other. Let me let me go find that again. Um, here it is. I'll put it in the chat. That is the handle. That's Joey's handle at ballers eighty twelve. Is there any uh, meaning behind that name, or that's just your ballers ID? I was just the ballers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, next time we'll talk about ballers, maybe, or I don't know. But um, yeah, it seems like people really enjoyed the chat. Uh, you know, I, I would I would imagine most of the people that come to hang out are more on the Top Shot stand side of which. By the way, you are a Top Shot stand. It's just so you understand, you're you're not a Top Shot simp, but you are a Top Shot stand. You I don't understand what either of those things mean, but. Uh, so, yeah. As okay. I as I understand it, uh, if you ever watch like the Eminem music video, Stan, he's like obsessed. You know, he like can't stop thinking about oh, it. Yeah, where like, Stan comes from? Oh, I'm <laughs> yeah. such an idiot. And, and, okay. and I think there's some other explanation, but that that's how I understand it. There might even be like an Urban Dictionary. Let's look that up real quickly. Let's see what a Stan is. Urban Dictionary. Right. Stan is a mix of a stalker and a fan, and it is actually a reference to the Eminem song. Um, a stalker and a fan. All right. I don't know if you're a stalker, but uh, but the, but I would imagine that you are very much a fan. You think about it. You make you make spreadsheets about it. So that yeah, you're a stan. Um, what you're not is you're not a simp. A simp is someone who's just like uh, you know a simp. What a simp is, right? Or no? What is it like an idiot? No, I wouldn't say. It's, I wouldn't say it's an idiot, but it's um. So a simp is someone, I guess the definition is someone who does way too much for a person that they like. I never really understood it like that. I, I always understood a simp as just someone who like loves something unabashedly and like will defend it to the, to their dying days. They just love it. And you know, they don't care. They can't hear anything about it. They just love something. That's how I see a simp. Okay. Well, yeah, then, then I would not uh, be a top shot. Simp. <laughs> no, that's, no that's, not a simp, yeah. but but a stand um yeah. anyway so it sounds like people in, enjoyed the chat maybe maybe we'll talk again uh in a few months and and we'll see where things are at and uh but for for now definitely keep track of joey at his twitter handle ballers 8012 
so Joey, thanks again for making the time. I really do appreciate it. And I hope that uh, you're not feeling too terrible tomorrow morning. Thanks. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great chatting with you. And uh, my apologies to everybody for what I'm sure were some incoherent uh, rants uh, earlier on. Um, I will definitely never watch this video. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, in a few months. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's chat again. All right. Well, thank you, Joey. I'll take care. All right. Cheers. Take care. All right. Well, that was the show, guys. I hope that you enjoyed it. Definitely a little bit of a different tone. Um, but, you know, as I said earlier, simps, we welcome simps. We welcome stands of all kinds. So thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate you guys. And we'll see you next week, I think. So take care, everybody, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Static Selecta.